After the lively fire alarm start to our service today, I think you'll appreciate these opening words. We build on foundations we did not lay. We warm ourselves at fires we definitely did not light. We sit in the shade of trees we did not plant, and we drink from wells we did not dig. Each of us is blessed with gifts from those who were here before us, and we have gifts to pass on to others in our turn. And so we gather on this summer Sunday morning, a time to gather together and to lighten the world by our presence here with one another, reminding ourselves that we're not alone in this strange thing called life, that we walk life's path in good company with others, sharing experiences and supporting others and being supported in our turn. So whatever you have brought with you today, your troubles, your bubbling enthusiasms, your questions and your doubts, your certainties, your worries, your possibilities, let it all be here now with us. And who knows what new perspectives may emerge as we spend time together in song and silence with stories and ideas to spark off our own. So let's take a moment to know that we are fully here, to take a conscious breath of acceptance of all, acceptance of all that we are, acceptance of the changing moods of summer weather, the vagaries of fire alarm systems, accepting the complex world in which we live. Each month, the International Council of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists publishes a global chalice lighting. This is this month's reminding us of our international community. We speak different languages, we live on different continents, and yet we share a common love, a common faith, and a common destiny. We share a commitment to create a world where compassion guides us, where all are cherished and where all are free. And so we light this chalice in recognition of these enduring connections, honoring our shared legacy and in anticipation of the future we build together. Welcome to you all. And so let's move now into a time of uh, prayer and reflection. And because we're in the midst of building work here at Essex Church, I'm going to ask for a blessing for our building. That, that all the work taking place here this summer be completed in good time. That sensible decisions may be made. And that all the work may be done carefully and with love. And may all of us involved remember a higher purpose to create a safe and welcoming space for all, 
to provide a place for exploration and kindness, connection and inspiration. Let's think with gratitude of those who came before us, who built not just this church, but so many other buildings, who gathered resources and made decisions, who bequeathed a legacy of such potential for the greater good of all. And let's think with anticipation of those who will love this and other buildings in the future, make them their own, those we have not yet met, perhaps those who are not yet born. Let's take the best care we can of the resources we have so that we too have something precious and well cared for to bequeath to the future. And will you join me now in a prayer of concern and compassion for all places and all people in the world whose buildings and indeed whose lives are being torn apart by warfare and other disturbance. Let us never lose the hope that peace may return to their lives and may they receive all the help needed to rebuild. And let's share a few moments of stillness now to send our own thoughts and prayers to those people and those places most in need. Be that a situation in your own life or the lives of those you love or our wider world. And may all, all beings experience love and compassion this day and all days. Amen. We've got a, a story now about a dragon. I did intend to bring a dragon, but it's probably better that I forgot the dragon because, as you will see, this dragon may not actually exist. And I have Michael Neal to thank for this um, story. I should have properly credited him. He's a life coach who sends out a weekly message. And I've been receiving these messages from him for about a decade. And I, I do credit him with half sorting out my own thinking. See what you reckon to this story. So you've got to imagine living in a world stalked by a hungry dragon. So for many of us, our first priority is going to be building a castle to protect ourselves, isn't it? So what should we build the castle out of? Well, Michael Neal tells us that some of us try to use money to build the walls of our castle. If only I have enough money. If only I had a bit more, we think. The dragon won't be able to get me, and then I'll be safe. We spend our lives trying to earn as much as we can, keeping it safe, convinced that if we can only accumulate enough, the dragon will never be able to get over the walls. And then others of us build our castle walls out of approval, maybe even fame. If only people love 
and respect and admire me enough. This is one that affects ministers a lot, actually. You have to constantly watch out for this one in my line of work. If only they would love me and respect and admire me enough, then the dragon won't be able to get me and I'll be safe. Each new bit of approval is like another stone in a castle wall. And the shot, each shot to our reputation is like a battering ram against the gates. Still others attempt to build our castle walls with relationships. If only I could get just one person to really love me. Or maybe healthy living. If I could just eat those chia seeds. Or the quinoa or the, and, and, you know, and do all the right things. Do the latest exercise programme. Or maybe we build out of a pursuit of power and position. If I could just claw my way to the top, then I'll be all right. And as you can imagine, not everyone is successful at building and defending castles. And even those who do really well, would you know, sometimes they get bitten by the dragon from time to time. And if you haven't yet been dragon, bitten by the dragon, well, it's painful. So then we learn to drink or smoke or eat or gamble, even bite our nails to numb the pain and ease that anxiety of having to defend ourselves against the dragon, who, as every reader of fairy tales knows, could be lurking around every corner or hidden behind the deceptive smile of a stranger posing as a friend. But what would happen if one day we woke up and realised beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was no dragon? If we could see that what we thought was the dragon's shadow was in fact just the shadow of a thought. If we really saw that there was no dragon, our anxiety and stress might drop away. And the busyness of our dragon avoiding activity could come to an end. Nails would no longer need to be bitten or approval sought, or food, or money, or drugs consumed at an alarming rate, if the source of our anxiety was no longer there. We could simply relax and enjoy life. And of course, things would not always turn out as we hoped. And from time to time, we might even see something that looked a bit like a dragon, or feel something that hurt as much as a dragon's bite. But before we got too caught up in it, something would happen to remind us that we're never afraid of what we think we're afraid of. We're afraid of what we think. And in just a few moments, we might then be able to return to our natural state of health and ease and well-being, aware once more that the dragon is our thinking. And our thinking is one of the very few things that we can do anything about in life. And that is Michael Neal's story of the scary dragon. There's an awful lot in this service about buildings and I can only think it's entirely relevant that the uh, fire alarm went off and that I'm spending the whole of this hour slightly terrified that it's going to go off again. <laughs> Each January I write down my intentions for the year ahead and earlier this week I found my list for this year. <laughs> Number four says, have our church be waterproof and warm before the winter. It's a name shared by the whole committee, I'm pleased to hear. And what we've been working towards for some years now, we've saved the money to do the work and now it's happening. 
The new heating system is installed. And it was working when we tested it a week and a half ago. And a team of roofers from Birmingham are painstakingly applying a new and hopefully waterproof membrane to our roof. Although the stains are increasing as each day it, whenever it rains, so let's hope it all gets finished soon. Next, we're going to have a, a joiner boxing in the pipework, so anywhere where there's white, white pipework, do not fret, it will be hidden presently. And then the decorators will come and make everything new. Hopefully, it all will be completed by September the 2nd, when our church lettings start again in earnest. If they told me at college how much of my time as a minister would be spent project managing building work, I perhaps would have changed career plan. Because grappling with the material world has really never been one of my strong points. But looking back to childhood, I think there was a glimpse of my future. I didn't go to Sunday school for very long at all, one term in fact, um, aged around six. It involved an awful lot of colouring in pictures and one has stayed with me ever since. It's the picture of two houses. Maybe you coloured this one in as well. One standing proud and strong and one collapsing. Mm. I liked the collapsing one the best. Do you remember the story? It's found in slightly different versions in Luke's and Matthew's Gospels. Matthew places it after the Sermon on the Mount in a wonderfully rich series of teachings. So, Jesus said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Now as I've said, in my Sunday school picture, I actually preferred the ruined house, far more dramatic, but the message was there. Think about where you build, Think about what you're building. Think about the materials you're going to use. And of course, they all have their place. They all have their different qualities. And we're all engaged, aren't we, in building and rebuilding again and again and again our own lives. And I guess, for me, that's one of the things a community like ours can help us with, that ongoing task of thinking what it is we're building and why and what help we need to build the best life we can with what we've got. And let's all agree now that we won't blame me if this roof is still leaking this autumn. <laughs> we have some uh, visitors to London with us here today and if you've got a spare hour or so or even if you've lived here all your life I highly recommend a visit to the Natural History Museum. It's just a mile or so away from here. On a, a recent visit with my grandson, our favourite area had changed. We used to rate the dinosaurs highly. I don't know if you've met them. You can actually meet a Tyrannosaurus rex there who moves to look at you with a beady eye and then gives a mighty roar. I challenge any of you not to be frightened. 
But this time, poof, dinosaurs are out. What we liked the best was the restless earth section. Volcanoes and earthquakes, they're very exciting, but for me, only when they're pretend. There, you can stand in a model of a Japanese shop in Kobe and experience what the earthquake of 1996 felt like, complete with the original CCTV footage, which is really quite unnerving when you realize that that was actually happening then. That is the closest I ever want to be to an earthquake. And there's lots to read too, especially about Japanese engineers having learned to build buildings that move with the seismic shifts of the earth, rather than rigidly trying to withstand them. Buildings and people need strong foundations, but if the foundations are too rigid, they may crack and break. If they and we are flexible, we are better able to move with life's shifts and challenges. And I think that's why I chose the quote on the front of today's order of service by Argentinian writer, Okay, Harold, am I going to get this right? This is the pronunciation test. Jorge Luis Borges. Borges. Okay, we're all going to work on that later. I think there are some Spanish speakers here in the room. Okay, we're going to work on this later, everybody. But if you haven't read his work, he's marvellous. Um, one of the preeminent Spanish language writers of the 20th century. And in his stories, he would often turn the expected upside down, subverting what we think we know to be true. And of course, that's what he's doing in this quote, which you can, of course, argue with endlessly. Nothing is built on stone, he says. All is built on sand. But we must build as if the sand were stone. In real life, we sometimes can build on stone. But what Borges is reminding us is that is of life's temporary and provisional nature of all that exists. Nothing lasts. Nothing stays the same. How then are we going to live? Not surprising that humanity seeks sources of stability in healthy or unhealthy ways. And one of those, which can be both healthy and unhealthy, has probably always been religious faith. The idea that in an uncertain world there is a power greater than us holding us safe. I was going to suggest that we all sang... Uh, uh, a beautiful Methodist hymn, Will Your Anchor Hold? And then I thought, oh, I don't know about this one. So Harold's just going to do a, a verse and a chorus for us so that we can... You may not know this one, and I've got the words for you later, but it's, it's empowering, isn't it? Will your And I'm jealous of that kind of faith. <laughs> a, 
a few years ago now, we did some Bible study courses here at Essex Church. One of the aspects that most interested people was the way that the New Testament so often refers back to the Old Testament. The idea that a religious teacher like Jesus used the Hebrew scriptures with all their powerful imagery to strengthen the message. So when Jesus told that story of the house built on rock or sand, he and his listeners would have remembered various words from the scriptures, but perhaps particularly the words of Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. These are words of gratitude to God attributed to King David after his victory over Saul. Powerful words. One of the best bits of my work as a minister after supervising the building work is um, talking with people about matters of faith. And that's how I know what a diverse bunch we are. Some of us here do have that rock-like sense of a higher power, some do not. But whatever our views of religious authority, we are all also engaged in that search for anchors other foundation stones for our lives, or in the need to maintain the sources we already know and value. Just like a roof that needs mending from time to time, so too do our sources of strength and comfort need careful tending, so that they are there when we need them most. These are the friendships, the family connections, the values we hold dear, what a life of integrity actually means to us in everyday actions, those causes of justice and world, world building and world rebuilding that call to us. These are the natural world of which we are inextricably part. These are the places and the organizations and the institutions that we value. These are our anchors. The story of the house built on sand, just like the folk tale of the three little pigs, these stories are a useful reminder to pay attention to the quality of your building materials. But when it comes to a life, well, we often have to use what we've got, don't we? We don't always get to choose the finest Portland stone to work with, but with a little help from those we walk the path of life with, well, we can do our best with what we've got, finding ways to live with integrity and love. Strong foundations in a sometimes shaky world. Amen. So hold on to what is good, even if it is a handful of earth. Hold on to what you believe, even if it is a tree that stands by itself. Hold on to what you must do, even if it calls you to move onwards. Hold on to the strength of love, even when you have to walk alone. Amen. Go well and blessed be.